Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, it is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. We welcome you in. Hope you're having a nice weekend on this Selection Sunday. Don't forget, the coverage is wall-to-wall here on VSIN. We've got six hours of coverage starting at 6 Eastern. It, listen, as far as the Selection Sunday and getting out in front of the numbers, nobody's going to have you covered like VSIN's coverage tonight and all throughout the day right here. Uh, make sure you check it out. L- Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. We... We, we've got to do, we'll get back to the basketball, but we have to talk a little yeah. NFL because I know you mentioned this, M Lombardi NFL, give him a follow on Twitter. You mentioned we're going to discuss this, and we should. The Cleveland Browns have wide receiver one, right? So they make a trade. Yeah. It looks like the Dallas Cowboys are really just trying to shed, you know, m- yeah. make room as far as cap space because of the Zeke Elliott decision they made a couple of years back, and they move on. They trade Amari Cooper to the Cleveland Browns. Interesting, though, right? So John Gruden takes over in, in Oakland, now Las Vegas, and he trades away two marquee players. And both players, four years later, get traded again. Khalil Mack goes to the Chargers, and Amari Cooper goes to the Cleveland Browns. And both players had better years their first four seasons playing for the Raiders than they did playing for the Cowboys. Yeah. And playing for the Bears. I mean, yeah, Mac had a great first season, but when you look at the numerical numbers over their careers in both places, they tre- they're trending the other way. And Cooper, more than anyone, really is a guy that is, frankly, I'm told he's not healthy right now. Hmm. So that's going to be a concern whether he passes the physical. B, I also feel like he disappears at games. I mean, he just disappears. There's a time when he first got to Dallas, he averaged 15 yards per catch. Yes, last year he's down below 13 at 12.7. And, you know, he's a guy that, you know, he's got eight touchdowns, uh, but does he get the ball in the end zone on a consistent basis? He disappears to me. I mean, he's got all the talent to be an outside receiver. There's no denying his talent. However, there are times, and this is why Oakland moved on from him, where there's a sense of does he really love the game? Does he love the sport? And you don't get that all the time. And at $20 million for the next three years, uh, $60 million total overall, that's a lot to pay him. And if Cleveland's willing to pay him, now they're going to let Landry go. They're basically replacing Landry, who's an inside receiver. Landry can't play outside. Part of the problem with the Browns' offense is they have too many inside receivers. You know, everybody's an inside receiver. They can't get outside. That's why they're playing Higgins and all the other kids, Schwartz, outside to try to separate themselves and, i.e., space the court like you do in basketball. So uh, I'm not in love with this. I think just the trade tells you everything you need to know. It was a salary dump. And the Browns took it for basically nothing. And I think, you know, everybody said, well, the Patriots, Patriots are never going to pay this guy $20 million. No way. Not $20 million a year for the next three years, especially when durability, even though he dressed for 15 games last year, you worry about him being healthy throughout the season. I mean, look, he, he was targeted 104 times and he caught 68 passes. That ratio is not good. Yeah, you mentioned a precipitous drop-off. Amari Cooper, just 27, Michael, but the injury concerns, as you uh, laid out very well, 92 catches in 20, 68 catches last year, but also you see that average dip, right? Two years ago, a little over 15 per catch. Last year, 12-7. So everything's trending the wrong way for a 27-year-old receiver in Amari Cooper. 
yeah, who doesn't, who's not healthy. And, and you could really say the love of the sport. Does he love the money? Sure. But $60 million for the next three years. Now, none of it's guaranteed. So the Browns could easily say, look, we're going to take him on a one-year deal at $20 million, see where he goes, and see if we can get him the ball. I mean, Mayfield couldn't get the ball to, 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 be, to Beckham. I mean, they got rid of Beckham. You know, and so now they're going to have to figure this out. I, I don't know. I mean, I think Amari Cooper's name sounds really great to people when they hear it because he went to the Pro Bowl after the 2018 season. But the last two seasons in Dallas, he has not been a Pro Bowl receiver, nor has he been the best receiver on their team. I mean, CeeDee Lamb gives them more mm. juice. You know, Michael Gallup, when he was healthy, gave him more juice. He just disappears at times for a guy that you would think would be a better player than he is based on the credentials that people recognize for him. I mean, as long as past last year was 41 yards. I would categorize your take from the Cleveland perspective as dubious. You're very dubious. dubious. I mean, I think, I think what we have to understand is there's, there's three things going on here. There's the trade, there's the, 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 the player, the salary that you have to pay him, and the compensation, right? So all those three things, you've got to kind of look at them. And the reason this is you're trading Amari Cooper for essentially a fifth round and you swap six is because you're taking, you're taking the burden of the contract off their hands. And this is a, a salary dump, just like Laurel Collins is going to be a salary dump. Now, I wouldn't dump him. I think they need offensive linemen badly. They didn't like the way he played last year, and he hasn't played to the same level that he did when he came out for them. But to me, I think their offensive line, when you watch that playoff game against San Francisco, was a real concern. So I would be less concerned. I would be worried about trading him. But this Cowboy team, because of their cap and because of their free agents, is going to go through some changes. And I think the best odds of them winning again next year, the East, are today. They're only going to go up. The question for Cleveland is, are they done? Inquiries as far as Deshaun Watson, we've heard. So it appears Cleveland is prepared to mix it up. They're going to move on from Landry. They bring in Cooper. They may not be settled at the quarterback position. There's a lot of questions here with Cleveland. Right. And so, I mean, to me, the one thing Cleveland has, and I don't know if if Nick Cesario and the Houston Texans like Baker, but they have a chip in Baker that they could trade in the deal with Watson, whereas the betting favorite right now for Watson's Carolina – uh, because Carolina, is, it's come out, they're going to make a substantial offer. But Carolina, they don't have a quarterback to send back. I know Davis Mills is the starter in Houston, and he obviously they feel like they can build their team around him. But Seattle's got an arsenal of picks that they certainly can go after Russell. They can go after uh, Deshaun Watson. So, But I think Cleveland would have to dump Mayfield in this deal, like the Goff deal last year. Look, we'll take your guy, we'll give you, but you got to take our guy off our hands because that you can't have two quarterbacks making this kind of money. So this is random as a pivot, but you brought up the Patriots because there was some that were linking uh, Cooper to the Patriots. You said that wasn't going to happen, and you were exactly right. You know, this is an interesting year as far as the offseason for the Patriots. McCourty and Slater are both going to be free agents towards the end of their career. Uh, there's going to be some changes, changes amongst mm -hmm. the uh, coaching staff as well as we've discussed with the second-year quarterback. Thoughts overall on the Patriots? Well, I, I think they've got to, you know, in talking to them, they feel like they've got to get coached better. They're going to get more out of their younger players. I think that's critical. I think they've had a lot of older guys. They let Van Noy go uh, recently. Hightower probably won't be back. J.C. Jackson, surprisingly, they didn't tender him. But I think there's more to that than meets the eye. I think there's some concerns about his, his knee is he going to be able to stay healthy when you're especially giving 20 million to a player when you have when you have a knee that people feel like isn't like going to be a long standing it's a little bit like Todd Gurley yeah you can play you look great but how long are you going to be able to go i think the patriots have to get younger and faster on defensively it was glaring how slow they were on defense last year, especially when they played Hightower, Collins, and Van Noy, they, and Bentley, too, to, for that matter. And I've said this for numerous years. When your mic's slow, your defense is slow. And their mic has been slow, and they need to fix that. And so the only way you fix it is get youthful, get younger players on their team. And I think that's ultimately what they have to do. And they've got to find another corner. I mean, J.C. Jackson made plays on the football. The one thing about the kid was he was able to take the ball away, which they're going to need. They, they're going to have to utilize free agency like they've done in the past, a little bit like when they started – this Patriot dynasty, when they got the Vrabels and the good young players, you know, Vrabels, Rodney Harrison, they were getting them at, at really on a discount level 
not paying top dollar. I think that's what you're going to see. And I think you're going to see them try to strengthen some of their positions, especially receiver. You know, they need to get they need to get a guy. I think Bourne and Myers are their two best guys. They need to improve in that area as well. Okay, Michael, let's the market's going to light up. The biggest piece in the offseason is Deshaun Watson. No charges yeah. filed. So with no charges being filed, here we go. You mentioned the Panthers. They're your betting favorite right now at plus 175 to land. You know, it's interesting with Watson, and, and you did a good job explaining this yesterday, but he declined. So he doesn't have a no trade anymore. He waived that. Well, I asked somebody after the show, I said, was I right with that? And and somebody told me that's not really official. Okay. I, I had heard that, but I, I don't know if that's 100%. But let's say that's not the case. Let's say he, he's still involved there. You know, I, I think ultimately, you know, before any trade is, is consummated, he's going to be included. I don't think he's in a position to say, right. look, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go here. You know, I think the the the, the – the, the pool of teams is a little smaller. Indianapolis would love to get involved, but they're not going to trade. The Houston's not trade them to Indianapolis, so take them out of it. Seattle, I think, is involved. New Orleans is involved. I think Carolina's involved. I think those three teams, certainly. Pittsburgh, will they be involved? It doesn't sound like it, especially when you read people that are wired into that organization, like Jason Locke and Fora, like Ed Bouchette. I mean, those guys are pretty wired, and when they say no, that's, that tells me that's no. In order, Panthers plus 175. This is Deshaun Watson, market. Buccaneers, four to one. The Seahawks, four and a half to one. Next up, the Texans at five to one. The Browns are seven to one. The Eagles, eight to one. The Dolphins, eight to one. We keep going. You just mentioned the Steelers. Our, Sean, our buddy Sean King uh, thinks he may end up there. They're 10 to one. Saints are 10 yeah. to one as well. I mean, everybody want, is involved for a guy, win healthy, top 10, top five, somewhere in well, that I mean, set look, seven. I I'm going to take Miami for the word. I think it's true. I mean, Miami fires Flores. I mean, everything in Miami is about Tua, right? They, they truly think Tua is good. Now, whether they're right or wrong, I don't, I, I don't think they're right. It's a little bit like what Chicago did with Trubisky. I was told yesterday that Trubisky was signing with the Washington football team uh, once free agency started until they made that trade. And now I'm not sure where Trubisky is going to go. Washington was almost all in on Trubisky, and they pivoted to go to Wentz. Really? Mm-hmm. You know what they did? They panicked. The commanders panicked because Russell. Well, I think they felt like in talking to the team that I was talking to, they felt like because of their off-the-field issues with the so with, with their problems with, with domestic violence and women mm-hmm. and all those situations, they couldn't go near Watson. And I think that's Good probably point. true. Good point. You know what? We're not done with the quarterback carousel. We've got plenty of college hoops. Thomas Gable is going to join, of course, Selection Sunday coming up. But a couple more questions from Michael about the quarterbacks coming back here at Lombardi Line. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Okay, it's Express Bet First Bet. Get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with the promo code Vegas1000. Receive $10 instantly and up to a $1,000 bonus. Visit vcin.com slash horses for details. It's vcin.com slash horses. And when you do, use the bonus code Vegas1000. Okay, just a couple of quick updates. I want to get back into the NFL quickly, but uh, Houston is down to, I got a couple of books showing three, Michael, three and a half mm-hmm. off the five opener. Memphis um, getting some love in the market. We've talked about they that. Should. Total. Yeah, they should. Iowa, Purdue. We talked about the total open 148. When we sat here, it was 150. I got a couple most books showing 151 now. Uh, two high scoring teams there, obviously. And then Tennessee open six and a half, still six and a half A&M. That's the one that kind of, I don't know what the, uh, it seems heavy. And I know it does. Uh, how good Tennessee looked yesterday. And but A and M, I don't know what you believe as far as momentum's concerned in sports, but they certainly have it. A and M, there's no doubt. I mean, look, A and M has been, uh, you know, they're playing. And look, the last thing you want to do is play a confident team, and they are confident, and they're playing, and they believe in themselves. I mean, that game yesterday, really, Arkansas never was in that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, def- Arkansas met at a team that kind of was the mirror image of who they were. And they beat them at their own game. I mean, they beat Arkansas at their own game. Now, I don't know if Arkansas felt like they were really wanted to go and really wanted to take on a a challenge like this. It was going to be difficult. But I I think there's no doubt that – that uh, you know, Texas A that Texas A and M is just playing at the at the highest level they could possibly play, and now they got to go back. They lost to when they played them back in their eight game losing streak. They lost by ten to them in um, in Knoxville. So it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back from that. I have a question for you about two teams in particular, and that is the Seahawks traded away Russell Wilson and then yeah. Indianapolis because Indianapolis is a team expectations with that fan base could be super. I mean, should be Super Bowl outside of the quarterback position. Here's the name I keep on hearing moving up the board. As far as the draft, it's not a good quarterback draft, but Malik Willis is the name, Michael, I'm sure that you're hearing. No, tell mm-hmm. me. Is that because the Seahawks well, I, I mean, hear potentially really like Willis. So I'm curious what you've been hearing about Willis from your sources. Well, I, I, I think I, you know, from everything that I've seen and watched on tape and everything that I've talked to, and I was talking to a team yesterday about it is he's, going to be some time. I mean, this is not Lamar hmm. Jackson. He doesn't have Lamar Jackson speed. He doesn't have a lot of the things that go with it. I think this is a project. This is a, when you p- turn this card in, you're hopeful. You're hopeful. You're not sure. I, I think the guy that has more uh, upside, if you will, or at least you see it at times, it's just not consistent enough, is Desmond Ryder. Now, he's not getting any of the love that, that some of these other kids are getting because Ryder is, you know, he's got a lot of tape on him, and there's been moments when he didn't play well against Alabama that gets cited, and so he kind of gets knocked down. But, you know, you could say all you want about Kenny Pickett's eight-and-a-quarter-inch hand and saying that's really not that important. Yeah, it is. When it rains and you got to hold on to the football, look at Tua in the Tennessee game. Just watch Tua play in the first couple minutes of the Tennessee game when it's not raining when the weather's fine. And then when it starts to rain, watch how he holds the football. Watch how he controls the football. Different game. So you can say it's no big deal. Just draft Pickett. The question you have to answer if you draft Pickett, are you getting a starter or are you getting a backup? I mean, I would say this. I watch Pickett and I say, okay, I watch Sam Ellinger from Texas. Who's a better player? Pickett's probably got a stronger arm. How much difference is there between the two players? Not much. 
Ellinger went in the sixth round. You're talking about taking Pickett in the first. Are there five, is there six rounds of difference between the two players? Absolutely not. So ask yourself that question. You right? know, it's funny. That's a great comp because both intangibly built. They don't do anything like Ellinger. They talk about his intangibles. Pickett, they say great leader, intangibles. But there's nothing spectacular about either talent-wise. Right, but we're going to make it up because we're in such a desperate need, and I would caution that. I think that's mock draft talk. That's not real talk in the league. You know, these mock drafts are not based on teams telling these guys. You know, anytime somebody would call me up that was doing mocks, uh, they would always say, I have you guys taking player Y. I said, that sounds about right, you know, but never, but because you just want them to keep using the same names all the time. You know, you don't want any new names coming into it. And watch all these mocks. Study them. They're all the same names constantly. If I asked you who shot JR, or if I asked you who do you like today between Iowa and Purdue, the answer would be Jimmy Garoppolo. I guess my yeah. point is he's the answer to every question that's being asked right now. Any team, you see, you, you, you see Jimmy Garoppolo tied with them. What do you got on Jimmy no doubt. G? Well, I, I, I think the question for Jimmy G is is they want two number twos is what I'm hearing from people in the league that they're asking for two number twos for Garoppolo. And the problem is, is, is he going to be healthy? His shoulder is going to be not really completely healed until the end of June, first part of July. But when you go through shoulders, okay, and you study quarterbacks with shoulders, let's take Andrew Luck had a shoulder. Right. That that took a while for him to heal. It takes a longer time than they, they tell you. I think there's some real concerns about that. And you've got to dig deeper into this to see where it's all going to land. So for me, I, I, I would be really concerned about that. That's what's holding up the Garoppolo. But they want two number twos. Will they get it? I don't think there's any doubt the market would pay that because you're getting a starter, even though it might send them all through the roof. But you feel like you're compared to some of these. Would you rather have Jimmy Garoppolo or Carson Wentz? Well, you just nailed it, and I want to focus on them. Like Indianapolis, if they want to go run first and come off the run, isn't Garoppolo the perfect fit there? I think he would be. I think if they could get past the medical, I think anybody would get past the medical. You know, you have to be concerned about it. And it's not a real rich price, but, you know, you've got to feel like when you take the guy, you're getting something. It's what the problem I have with Washington. When they take Wentz, you still need a quarterback. If you take Garoppolo, are you sure he's healthy? It's a little bit what happened with Drew Brees. Remember the Drew Brees shoulder is why Nick Saban ends up at Alabama because they wouldn't pass him on the physical. He was a free agent, and they could examine Breeze. So the doctors were able to get their hands on him. On Garoppolo, you're looking at, you're looking at the x-rays. You're looking at the, C, the, the, the surgery procedure. You're looking at the surgery notes. You really don't have all the data you need, and you can't get your hands on the kid until San Francisco says, yeah, you can go ahead and give him a physical. That's a hard challenge to do, and you're betting your future of your franchise, or at least next year, on that being the right decision. I got a great team for Garoppolo, the 49ers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they, I think that ship sailed. I, of I course. think they have to go. I think they They're have committed. to go with They're Lance. They're committed. Because Twitter watched Lance practice all year, and they know he's great. They, everybody understands he's great. That's what, that's what San Francisco told us. Their actions never said that. It's going to be interesting to watch Lance, is how his development comes along, how he protects the football. We know he's athletic. He's got a great arm. He throws nothing but fastballs. Will he learn how to throw with some touch? Will he develop that? I think there are a lot of things that have to happen in a competitive, competitive division where you've got some really good teams in Arizona, uh, Los Angeles, and then, of course, Seattle. Deja vu. I got two, and then we'll get back to the college hoops. I, I got two for you. Is there a market right now for Winston, and how about Mariota? I think that's a great question. I think Winston's concern, I think the market probably is strongest for Winston in, in, uh, in New Orleans. If I were Washington, wouldn't you rather have Winston than Wentz? You could say, well, Winston's coming off a knee while you watched him run. I mean, would you, wouldn't you? Winston at least creates a following amongst the team, mm -hmm. the players that play with him. Um, they both turn the ball over at too much of an alarming rate. But if I had a choice, I would go with Winston. Mariota is going to be the interesting one. You got It's going to have to be a West Coast team. It's going to have to be somebody that really feels like he's changed his demeanor. Remember last year, they, you know, he was making a ton of money. They offered him around the league. Nobody would take the salary. He ends up coming back to the Raiders at a reduced salary. 
I, I think there'll be a market. Where's Trubisky go? Does he go to the Giants? Like I said in the earlier block, everybody thought he was in the league. People thought he was going to Washington. But then Washington made the Wentz deal. Uh, random but awkward. Jordan Love. What's up? Yeah. I don't hear anything. I asked somebody that yesterday, and, and nobody really knows, and everybody's just looking at Green Bay's actions and saying, wow, you know, if, you know, if this is true that they're going to give uh, Aaron $200 million for the next four years, if that's true, right, and we don't know if that's true, where does that leave love? If he's willing to play for it, we know Aaron's going to play year to year. But the reality of it is, is where does that leave love? What would they want for love? Would you take him for a three? You're relying on your college scouting. Do you feel comfortable with that? You know, now Nathaniel Hackett, obviously he's in Denver. He knows, he knows Jordan Love better than anybody. He knows him better than anybody. Why wasn't Denver trying to get him? Oh, by the way, with your son over here, your boy Max Crosby got paid. I will say this about Max Crosby. When I went to that game against the Chargers, he was in the backfield, not necessarily sacking, but hurries and pressures. He was in the backfield every single play. He's a, he's a stud. I, I got great respect for him. I mean, he overcame his problem with alcohol. He, he dedicated himself to football, and he improved himself. I mean, you got, I love players like that. He was a good player that made himself into a great player, and he plays with great passion and intensity. you got to love that. Yep, and he's going to get paid by the Las Vegas Raiders. Coming up next, we'll head out to Atlantic City. Thomas Gable's going to join, see if he's got a Des Moines play. Of course, Selection Sunday, hours away right here. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, we've been talking about it. Hoops Madness. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year. 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, strategy for $19. This isn't going to last long, so make sure you check it out right now. VEASAN.com slash madness. You're going to get analysis from our experts, Greg Hoops-Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel, Tim Murray. Insights, key. Every team, conference, player to watch. Sign up today to get the betting guide, plus full access to VSIN through April 5th for only $19. VSIN.com slash madness. And again, as a note, programming wise, Femi and James are coming up next for three hours. We've got coverage, six free hours today. Go to VSIN.com as we get you set up uh, as the pairings are announced and Selection Sunday is upon us. It's a great day. Michael Lombardi there. What's the quote from you earlier? Selection Sunday, baby. It is. Baby, let's go. Let's, yeah, let's we saw t- we saw our man Dick Vitale looking healthy there as he walked on the court. He's ready to go. So, I mean, we got a lot lot of things going on here. I think it's 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 a fun weekend. Today will be a little anticlimactic because how, how this all ends up. But 6 o'clock tonight as you tune into VEASAN, I think there's no uh, – the, and I know we got to get to Thomas Gable, but these pairings are going to be critical. Absolutely, really, really important. I mean, it's going to be what bracket are you in, and do you and who gets a break? Well, you said anticlimactic. The climax of our show is when Thomas Gable joins us, and he joins yep. us, runs the race and sports book over at the Borgata. TGZ, how are we feeling today, man? Doing well. I'm actually just watching the. Uh... The players' championship here really difficult <laughs> conditions down there for those guys at TPC Sawgrass right you now. Yesterday with the wind, I mean, it's a, it's it's bad. I mean, they're still in the second round. It's Sunday. It's Sunday, and I they're know. still in the second round with all the the tough weather conditions. And let me tell you, it's not easy out there yesterday or today with the wind. It's just. Man, looking at 17 there, a lot of guys going in the water. Yeah, we got it on over here. It's nasty. It's cold down in Florida. Um, Okay, so where do we want to start? Virginia Tech, what do you think the ceiling is? Michael and I were just wowed by them. If they're hitting threes like they were yesterday against Duke, Virginia Tech, the coach is great too. What are your thoughts on the Hokies here? Uh, listen, I was I was glad to see them win and uh, get the the automatic bid there. Um, you know, as you said, the three everything comes down to the three for them. Um, they certainly could be a, a dangerous team uh, come tournament time. The thing I think we have to consider um, looking at these conference tournaments, and there are certainly teams that have caught fire here in in conference tournaments. Virginia Tech being the prime example. Um, it doesn't always necessarily carry over to Thursday or Friday coming up. 
just because a team is playing well and have played well for three or four straight days in their conference tournament, be a little wary of that when when you're looking and filling out your brackets or making your first round wagers. Uh, yes, momentum is is something to certainly consider, but it it doesn't mean everything. Always look at the matchups. Uh, listen, when we put these lines out tonight. We're going to be going off power ratings, and things are going to be moving quickly. We want to get the lines out and let the market take over from there. But, um, you know, take into account the matchups as well, who these teams um, are facing off, you know, and and different intangibles there that uh, you have the time as the better to take a look at. Good point. Hey, Thomas, who are your, who's your fourth team as the number one seed? Did you put in your power rankings, is Baylor one of the top four? Yeah, I think Baylor at this point needs to be the the other uh, number one there. Um, you know, and and you know Kansas being obviously in there with uh, with Zags, and so but Baylor I would definitely say would be uh, the fourth number one. The uh, Thomas Gable when he's not pulling for his Georgetown Hoyas, he's obviously a Cougar. He loves Houston. Now the question is, I don't think Fabian White's going to play. If it was a tournament game with a stiff back, I think Fabian White, the senior forward, would play for Houston. He's going to be out today, and they're taking on a team that beat him twice, beat him last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is—it's a short number. It, where, where are you sitting right now, Memphis and Houston in the American? Yeah, Houston line three and a half. Uh, total right now is 133.5. And Memphis, listen, they're playing their best basketball of the year right now. They, they finally got over the SMU hump yesterday. And you have to go back to January 15th to find the last time Memphis lost the game to a school not named SMU. Uh, they have been on a tear, including, you know, they, as you said, they took apart this Houston team just last Sunday in a game that Houston was never really in from the start. And Memphis, they're a very good defensive team. The offensive metrics look good, too. They shoot the ball from three at a high percentage, shooting 36.4% from three. And Houston, you know, it's kind of they come into a similar place here that Memphis was going to that SMU game. They they have an opponent that they haven't beaten this year. And honestly, you know, as you said, they have some, there's some injury possible issues there that they want to rest guys. Um, picking up a win here, is it really going to affect their right. seeding? Uh I don't know. Um, so, looking at this game, you know, you I understood the opener here of five and a half, but you know, when that happened, I, I kind of thought, you know, do you hang the five and a half and just see what you get? And that's what happened. No surprise here that that Memphis has been taking money and it's been bet down to three and a half from the opener. Are, are you going to need Are you going to need Houston today on this one, or is, is all the money coming in on Memphis? Yeah, yeah. Right now, we're we're gonna need Houston. Okay, give us give us your take, your take. A and M Tennessee. Where's your number, and who does Thomas Gable like? Tennessee laying six and a half. Uh, total has uh, risen by a point up to one thirty one and a half. It's not exactly the SEC final we thought would see here, uh, with both dogs winning outright yesterday. You know, Buzz Williams Aggies with a huge win over Arkansas. You know, they entered this tournament on the bubble, and now they have a chance to quench the berth for the NCAA tournament. Uh, they've never won the SEC title. Tennessee's last title came in 1979. So Tennessee will have some fresher legs here as they had a double bye to the quarterfinals. They've knocked off Mississippi State, and then that very impressive defensive effort against Kentucky yesterday held them the 2 of 20 from 3. And, you know, the Wildcats, they normally score in the 80s, and they were held only 62 points. So these two schools, they met once during the regular season. Tennessee got the home win there, 90-80, to 80, which was a much higher scoring contest than you would expect from these two schools who are two stronger defensive squads. Uh, Tennessee does a great job forcing turnovers. They just defend well from all areas of the floor. And now Texas A&M, they also do a great job forcing turnovers. They don't defend shooters as well as the Volunteers do, but I would expect a much lower scoring game here than in that first meeting where they combined for 170 points. No doubt. I think that A&M's playing 10 times. Obviously, that was at the middle of their eight-game losing streak, uh, you know, and they're playing way better now than they ever did. So I, I agree. I think th- the way Tennessee played defense yesterday, that was impressive as well. Both teams are playing at a high level defensively. But the focus here 
amongst the kind of a theme throughout the show has been this total in the Big Ten final. Iowa Purdue. Let's go ahead and set it up and get a lean from you. I, I got it at one. We sat here. It was 150 to start 148 opener. Ken Palm's got it at 161. How about you, Thomas? Yeah. So Purdue on the side laying two and a half, which again, I, I make this game probably closer to a pick um, uh, but the the total here, 151 and a half, that's uh, where it's currently sitting, and it is up um, certainly from where you said it's, it's risen uh, at least two points in most spots, sometimes three, uh, depending where you open this. But Iowa more than likely will be a five seed in the tournament, regardless of the outcome uh, here in this one, uh, with Purdue projected to be either two or three. We know how good offensively both these teams are. Iowa shoots great from three at 37%, 52.6% from inside the arc. Uh, they're a good foul shooting team, but most importantly, they don't turn the ball over. Uh, Purdue, even better shooting from three, 39.5%, 56.1% from inside the arc. Slightly worse in turnovers, but these are two teams that can fill it up. And if both schools uh, shoot close to their season averages, I look for this game to fly over the total of 151.5. Purdue's won both yeah. regular season meetings. Uh, interestingly enough, Keegan Murray, who's had an outstanding tournament for Iowa, you know, he's aver- he averages 23.7 points per game, 8.6 rebounds. We haven't really seen him perform against Purdue this year. He didn't play due to a sprained ankle in their first meeting. And then the second time they played, he was in early foul trouble, which really limited his minutes. So I think you know if he can stay on the floor today, uh, he's going to be a difference maker. Thomas, are you allowed to take action on, on Yale-Princeton because Princeton's a, a Jersey team? Uh, no, we cannot. We cannot take action on that game. I'm certainly hoping uh, Princeton loses, so that's uh, – Eliminates one game that will be off the board here for the tournament. Ridiculous. Did, did, Ridiculous. did you have a hard time deciding between Princeton and Yale when you were picking colleges, Thomas? <laughs> I don't think either one would have accepted me. <laughs> You're the best. TG, uh, hard lean there, Michael, on that over in Iowa, Purdue. It's yeah. not an official Des Moines like play. Uh, good yeah. luck today at the book there at the Borgata, Thanks, Thomas. TG. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Something scares me about that number now. Everybody's all over the over. Yeah, Iowa I know. Purdue. They wouldn't set it that low. They wouldn't set it that low. I mean, that's a trap. The love is I scaring me. I smell me. a trap. The love yeah, is I scaring love me. Tra- We're back with yeah. Josh next here at Lombardi Line. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleash the spirit of Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn MGM reward points. Online bonuses like free bets, risk-free tokens. If you're planning a trip here to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM reward points that you can use towards dining, shows, hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resort properties located on the Vegas Strip and nationwide. So again, it's kind of like a credit card. You get points, a loyalty program. It's very cool. Got to be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Lombardi Line here on a Selection Sunday. Selection Sunday, baby. We've got you covered across the board here on VEASAN with some special coverage. Six free hours coming up. Just go to VEASAN.com to get the information. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the South Point Studios here in Vegas. We got Femi. Mr. W- I can't tell if Femi's a wildcat. He loves Arizona. He loves Michigan. So he's a Wolverine, and he's a wildcat. And he's coming up next with James Salinas. Right he now, only loves Michigan because oh, he got a yeah. ticket on him. I mean, he only green. loves Michigan. Yeah, I mean, you know, nothing says I'm sorry better than cash. And he's, you know, he's not sorry for that that love of Michigan. I guess. He was putting. He was. He was telling me about their resume. He was talking about them like it was Duke with Hurley and Leitner. I'm like, dude, they stink. They're three games above 500. Anyway, Josh Applebaum joins us. Market insights, of course. uh, Veston.com/slash/podcast. Josh, good morning, and how you doing, buddy? Set us up with a market report. Yeah, good morning, guys. Feeling great. My Vermont Catamounts punching their ticket to the big dance, so we're going great. dancing once again. Yes. Unfortunately, there's no Syracuse as the you know the two seed to knock off here, guys, but uh, feeling pretty good as an alum, class of 2009. But, guys, really excited about the selection Sunday later today, but let's get to some of these championship games today because there's only a few, and they're all really, really heavily bet, and you have really a ton of lopsided opportunities. Like, the public has really taken a position on pretty much every one of these games. So let's start off with the first one here, the Atlantic 10 final. This is Richmond and Davidson in one of your early games at one o'clock. Looking at this one, guys, it's kind of a line free situation. Now, number one, public's all over Davidson. They have the better record here, higher ranking in the tournament. And what you've seen here, Davidson coming off this win against St. Louis, easily covered. They win 84-69, cover the three and a half. But don't dismiss Richmond. Richmond's on a pretty good streak here. They're only getting about 25% of bets. The public doesn't want to touch them. Everyone's on Davidson, but they're coming off two impressive dog victories. They beat VCU getting four. They win 75-64. Yesterday, they beat Dayton getting two and a half. Beat beat them 68-64. So what I like about this one is a line freeze. You have heavy betting on Davidson. Steph Curry's alma mater. Better record. Higher ranking. Low number. Just lay it. But that line's pretty much open three and a half, has stayed three and a half, hasn't moved at all. Tells me some liability here on Richmond plus the points. Uh, also, like, you know, a couple things here. Bad ATS, good ATS. Richmond's only 15 and 18 against the spread, whereas you look at Davidson, 19 and 11 against the spread. So I like buying low on these teams that don't cover a lot. You get to this point in time, people remember if they bet them and didn't win versus people who bet on Davidson and did cover and win. And also, guys, maybe keep an eye out for this under. It opened 137. Hasn't really moved at all. This would be a tired legs under. It's the third game in three days for Richmond. So maybe you get a lower scoring spot here. But I'll take Richmond plus the points. Really, everybody going Davidson here. Why hasn't the line gone up to four or five? Tells me liability here with the Spiders. Well, you know, the other thing about this line is is that and Ken Palm has this as a 145 outcome. I mean, I would say this just just on the surface. Ken Palm's numbers for the totals in these games is a little bit off typically than what he usually is in terms of being so close to the number as we saw in the Iowa game. That's why I think that this under, as you talked about, tired legs does matter. I'm not sure that when he puts his numbers together, he accounts for that. You know what? Why don't we do like we did, like we do in the NFL season? I'm just let's run the five games with you two, um, we'll, and we'll start in the Ivy. Just a two-day tournament in the Ivy League. Princeton, the best team in the Ivy, taking on the second-best team, Yale. Uh, Michael, you got Princeton laying three. You got a total of 144. Which way are you going to lean? 
Well, I think you know I, I like the way Princeton shoots. Their offense is really their offense. Their offensively is really good. Yale's the best team in the conference, obviously. You know the line is I, I like the under in this game under 143. It opened at 142. I would go under here uh, because I think these games, as 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 we talked about, the tire legs. I'll take Princeton. You know I'll go against Thurston Howell's Yale team. I'll take the Princeton Tigers <laughs> from Jadwin Jim. Josh, what do you got? So I was actually leaning Princeton early, and I wrote about this in the Beeson newsletter, beeson.com slash newsletter. Sign up for free. Get all the content for free every day. But Princeton opened minus three, got up to three and a half, and I'm saying this makes sense. Better record. They've been rolling here. But when it got up to three and a half, there's been a lot of buyback here on the plus three and a half back down to uh, to Yale, bringing it back down to three. So shop around the importance of having multiple outs this time of year and any time of year. If you can find a hook on Yale plus three and a half, I'll take the points here. It's another really contrarian spot with a big majority of bets on Princeton. We were just talking that well, rich. But the other thing Go is ahead. in this game, though, is they split the season series. I mean, Yale, Yale beat them. And at uh, Yale beat them when they were uh, in Jadwin Gym, 80 to 74. And then recently, you know, they beat them up at Har- up, up up in New Haven, uh, 60, 81, 75. So both games have been high scoring when you look at it, which would lend itself towards the over here. But for some reason, it doesn't seem like an over game to me. 144 off the 142 and a half opener. Michael might be onto something with the way that line's moving. Michael, did you ever lean Richmond Davidson? Davidson's three and a half here. You know, I think at some point that talent takes over. I think Richmond's been really good. You know, they lost two games at the end of the season, and then all of a sudden they've gotten their momentum. But I love this Davidson team. I think Davidson is playing for seeding. I think they are playing for something today. And if they win this, uh, obviously it'll help their seeding. Richmond is, you know, it'll be a fun win if Richmond can pull off because it knocks someone else out or puts someone in the playoff. I would lean Davidson here. I think I'd go with the favorite here. Just to me, the talent level is different. Josh, are you going to be a spider today? Are you going Richmond? <laughs> I, I am going spiders here, guys. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with what Michael has said here. But, you know, Richmond has been on this run, cashing tickets as a dog. And, again, this is more of a data-driven play play for me not really the eye test because again the talent really would be on Davidson here but this get again this get this line opened around three and a half has stayed three and a half why hasn't gone up hasn't it gone up you know to four or five if you have almost 75 80 percent of bets on Davidson I'll take the points here three and a half with the spider there's a legend around here that said cashing tickets is what it's all about so that's uh, mm-hmm. all we care about A&M Tennessee Michael your Tennessee team six and a half you know, I, I got. I'm going to take to A and M and take the six and a half, only because I think that Tennessee has played their reaction to winning that game. It was like we beat Kentucky, we proved ourselves, and I think they're walking into a buzzsaw with a really good team in Texas A and M. Texas A and M. If they're not in the tournament, whether they win this game or not, something's wrong with the selection process. I mean, they've been really good. They played well when it matters most. I'll take the six and a half. I think they'll give it everything they've got. Bless you, Femi. Josh, what do you got? So I mean, this, I, who's, this one's who's better than me. I'm, I'm <laughs> you with bless you, who's handing out numbers. <laughs> Femi's struggling over there. What do you got, Josh? Yeah, remember Chad Jackson or uh, Ocho Cinco? Bless him, bless him. I think <laughs> well, was that the guy that did that. We bless him. <laughs> but, yeah, this is actually, guys, this is really crazy to me. I have to lay the points with Tennessee, believe it or not. You have almost 85% of bets here on Texas A&M plus the points. I don't blame anyone taking them. They've done an incredible run. They're 3-0 in the conference tournament, and every single game they've won outright as a dog. Getting six against Arkansas, you win. Nine against Auburn, you win. Two and a half against Florida, you win. What that's created is that I think maybe Texas A&M being a bit overvalued in this spot. To Tennessee, coming off a big win here against Kentucky. They were a three-point dog. You win 69-62. But this is kind of the ultimate line freeze play for me. Game open, Tennessee laying six and a half. Even though this is the most lopsided public play where everyone's jumping on A&M, the line hasn't really moved. You may see some shops get down to six. We'll see if it gets bought back a little bit. This would be the fourth game in four days for A&M. So we talk about those tired legs, whereas you look at Tennessee, it's their only their third game. Maybe that, you know, rears its ugly head today. But I'll take uh, I'll lay the points here, believe it or not, with Tennessee. Ken Palm has them by seven. They did play February 1st. It was a 90 to 80 game. Uh, I got to go Tennessee, even though I admit Texas A&M looks pretty good right Michael, now. Michael, Houston's going to be shorthanded. Memphis, Houston's laying three and a half. I love Memphis here. I think Memphis is playing better. They have their number. And I, I just don't think Houston's going to play to the level that they need to. Arizona fooled us yesterday. They were missing players, and they still beat UCLA. I think this is a different case. I think Houston knows, and, and, and Calvin even said it, like, it, they can't improve their situation. So I'm going to yep. go, go Memphis here. Applebottom? So I think if you got Memphis earlier, you're feeling great, guys. This game opened as high as, you know, Houston laying five points. So bring it back down to three and a half. That definitely tells you some big money is coming in here on Memphis. But I think it came in at the five, the four and a half, the four. Now that you're down to, you know, some shops three and a half, I see one shop maybe going to three. 
call me crazy. I like buying low on Houston now as a money line play. You can get them around minus 170. You have about three out of four bets here on Memphis. And again, if Memphis wins, you'll say the line moved in their favor. Also, Memphis has been 2-0, and surprisingly, against Houston. They've only had five losses all year, but two of them did come to Memphis. So Memphis has had their number. But guys, Ken Palm's got Houston by six. Houston is never in this spot where they're a ranked team, better record overall, but they're only getting, you know, like a quarter of bets here. So I'll actually take uh, Houston here on the money line. To me, you're getting the bottom low uh, mark of the number. Okay, let's go quick here. Iowa, Purdue, Michael, Purdue is lane two, total 151 and a half. I'm going to take Purdue and I'm going to take the over. Okay, Josh. I'm with Michael on that one. There's definitely been some over money, 148 up to 151. Both teams are almost 50% from the field. I'll actually go Moneyline Purdue here, minus 125. It's a bad ATS, good ATS play. Iowa is playing their fourth game in four days. Purdue, it's their third game. Purdue's 2-0 and against Iowa this year. Beat them twice. I'll go Moneyline Purdue. Let's go Boilermakers. Instant reaction selection Sunday. VEASAN's got you covered today. It's going to be awesome. Opening lines, pairings announced right here. Special coverage. Go to VEASAN.com for six free hours. Michael, enjoy the basketball. Enjoy Selection thank, Sunday. Thank you, Patrick. Let's get Michigan Thanks, the hell out Appreciate of there. You. Let's get them yeah. the hell out Thanks, of guys. there. <laughs> Sorry, Femi. No disrespect. Femi and James Salinas is coming up next. Enjoy the coverage. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.